You're listening to Strictly Anonymous on the Riotcast Network, riotcast.com. Welcome to the Strictly Anonymous Podcast. Conversations with online strangers. We place ads online. Craigslist is definitely the gift that keeps on giving. Real people respond. You go to Singapore or Thailand. You can't not do it. The temptation is just too much. Real problems. Does your friend know that you're banging her? No, he has no idea. And anything goes. Motto of the show, let your Greek flag fly. Probably the only good advice I'll ever give you is to rehide your whips and chain. Here is your host, Kathy. Hey, welcome to Strictly Anonymous Podcast with Kathy. If you want to follow Strictly Anonymous Podcast on Twitter, follow the show at Strict Anonymous, me at Cartoon Therapy, me on Instagram at Cartoon underscore Misadventures. If you haven't subscribed to my show, subscribe. If you want to, if you can, write a review, write a review for the show. That really helps. Uh, and it's always appreciated if it's a good review. Um, if you want to be on the show, this is a call and advice show where I give total strangers my unprofessional advice. It's also just a place where people like to call in because you remain anonymous um, and sort of put out their, their secret lives. That was like really bad grammar, but you know what I mean. <laughs> you could call up if you have a secret life or a naughty life or an interesting life that you want to talk about while remaining totally anonymous. And you remain anonymous to me too. You could block your number. I don't need to know your fucking name. I'm not going to ask where you live. Like none of that stuff is really important to me. I just like like the real details of the story. So it's easy to n- remain anonymous. I also change everybody's voices. So you could change your voice. We could be changed. It's a really easy thing to do. Um... And uh, so that's what I provide here. If you want to be on the show, send an email at strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com or go to my website, strictlyanonymouspodcast.com and click on be on the show. Today, I want a guy named Steve. And Steve wrote in and said that he was like a stag in a hot wife couple. And I was like, what the fuck does that mean? I don't even know. Like, is it, at first I thought like, I mean, it sounds like cuckolding, right? But like, what does a stag mean? And so that was like my first question. That's what we talk about. We talk about what that means. We talk about how it happened in his relationship. I mean, this is a guy that's been married for like 30 years. Um, and this is something uh, recent that has gone down in his relationship. So it's interesting how it progressed to that, how this couple, you know, sort of opened their relationship to other guys. Uh, where they find the guys, how they started out, what they're into, what they do, how it all goes down, and how he feels about it. Um, and how they've been able to keep, this is a couple, like I said, they're 30 years before they got into this, which is, this is something that they got into recently. They had a great sex life. It wasn't like there were any issues. They had always been um, sort of super experimental with each other. And we talk about like that. We talk about like how they kept it sort of interesting in their relationship for so long, right? Because that's something that I think a lot of people don't have, right? 30 years, a lot of times sex goes out the window, but it didn't for them. And now it's like better than ever, right? Um, So we talk about that. And then at the end, we talk a little bit about him being sober because I'm sober. So for all the sober people out there, you'll get a little bit of that at the end too. So anyway, I'm going to be right back on with Steve. Do you have a story, lifestyle, or situation you can't talk about to anyone, to anyone? Or do you just want to let your freak flag fly and be on the show? Well, Strictly Anonymous wants to hear from you. Send us an email, strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com with your story and your anonymous name. And remember, everything is Strictly Anonymous. Strictly Anonymous. 
Hey, Steve, welcome to the Strictly Anonymous podcast. How are you doing today? I am great, Kathy. You? I'm good. I, uh, you know, everyone who calls in now is like listeners of the show. In the beginning, I used to actually have to post ads to get people to be on it. I used to use Craigslist, but thank God by the time Craigslist was canned that I had so many listeners that people write in all the time. And when you wrote in, you said that you were a stag. Well, you're a sober stag, right? In a hot wife couple. And I was like, what the fuck does that mean? I mean, that was like already my first question because I don't know. I mean, to me, it sounds a little bit like a cuckolding situation. I'm like, is, is that like a different way to say a cuckolding type of situation or is it something totally different? I think that it's um, 90 degrees off in that um, <laughs> she plays with others, but I'm in control and I make the decisions. Right. In a cuckling situation, the cuckled guy kind of like likes to be humiliated and is like not in control at all. Right. Like it's the opposite. Right. That's what I hear. Yes. Right. So this is was kind of like a cuckolding, whereas you like to see her with other people, but you're sort of directing what is happening. Yes. And I set things up. Right. And that's the turn on for you. Yes. Yeah. She's an amazing work of art. And so, um, Getting to watch her enjoy herself is an amazing experience. So let me, I want to find out how you guys got to this place, right? Because I think that that's always interesting and it's interesting for other people to hear if they're in a regular relationship, right? That's monogamous. Like, how does it progress into this kind of situation, right? Because I think it's a lot of times, a lot of people will say, oh, I wouldn't want my wife with somebody else or my girl with somebody else. But, and that's what a lot of my guy friends told me when I first started doing this podcast. And I was like, wow, there's like a lot of guys on my show that like to watch their girl fuck somebody else. And they were like, no way. But then it turns out that there's a lot more people into that than I used to think, right? So in a yes. way, you have like what a lot of people are looking for. So how did it progress? Now, is this, this is your wife, I'm assuming, right? Yes, yes. Okay, and how long you guys been together? Uh, over 30 years. Okay, and so how long have you been, how long has your relationship been open like this? Uh, less than a year. Oh, wow. And yeah. interesting. And then, and how did it come about? Like, what was your sex life in the beginning or since, or, you know, before? Sure. We've always been um, highly matched. Even when we struggled in other ways, we could always reconnect sexually. So you always had intense chemistry. Is that what you mean between each other mm -hmm. since day one? Def yeah, definitely. And it survived all those years? Yes. Oh, yeah. It's been it's been great. Nothing was missing. This is just mm -hmm. like a hobby that we picked up that's um, intensely um, um, fun and interesting and evolving. Yeah. No. And I don't say like, oh, you kept it interesting all those years because like because I think most of the time I don't understand how you could remain sexually attracted to the same person for 30 years. <laughs> I don't know. And, you know, and listen, I've never been married and I've never been with anyone that long, but like, you know, I have a million people on here who go and cheat and do other things and whatever. And, you know, we all know that that's a typical problem, right? For both right. women and men, how to keep the sex interesting. So, you know, before we get into this stuff that you've been doing this past year, what do you think is the key to the success of your sex life for all that time? Hmm. Hmm, is right. Wow. Good question. Yeah. Um, well, it's always been interesting and fun and moving. We travel a lot. We go a lot of places and we have a lot of fun things. We just never brought somebody else in. Um, so what do you say? You had fantasies like you kept the, it going with fantasy talk and stuff like that or. 
Um, maybe a little bit, but we just go a lot of places where we like being outdoors. We do things outdoors and on the road and just, um, so like it's just exhibitionist stuff. Yeah. So mm-hmm. softly. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. So you guys and have that's how this evolved, right? So you guys have kept like your sex life evolving. Like it just, it wasn't so vanilla, right? Like you would try new things. Would that be maybe something you'd advise? I always like to ask these questions because I think people are listening and people want to learn from other people. Right. So it's like maybe, sure. you know, so that's why I'm asking you these questions. So maybe somebody else who's in a long-term relationship could be like, Oh, this is a great way to revive my sex life. Because I think a lot of times it does go out the window for couples. Sure. Um, yeah, it was fun and interesting and moving and, um, always a little bit of risk involved. We've always always been, um, soft risk takers and we just expanded the risk and and it's still evolving, I think. Right. Now explain to me when that kind of behavior started in when you guys got to get, like, was it straight from the beginning? You Mm -hmm. knew that she was like open and you guys let your freak flag fly with each other. Did it happen over time? Um, it was for the first time at about 29 years, it was starting to stagnate. And uh, I said, well, I think let's do something new and interesting. Um, and she didn't know what. And I said, well, let's go to this, try this club. Mm-hmm. And thinking we would just watch people or whatever. And when we got there, it was really intense. And we both really had a big rush. And um, next thing you know, we're asking people to watch and then participating with them. And then she, the guys are lining up and she's loving it and I'm loving it. And it really surprised me. Right. So like before that, you had never you guys had never sort of fantasized or talked about it, even in role playing like with each other about like her being with other people or and you didn't know that you were into that because I find that that's a common thing. Yeah, it's uh, that's exactly what happened. I was totally I'm still surprised by it. Yeah. Mm hmm. Yeah, I've had a lot of people um, on my show who have talked about how that has gone down, both men and women, where they saw their partner with them and they would never have thought it was something that would turn them on. Because like I said in the beginning, when uh, this was coming out on my show and more and more people were copping to this as like what they do and what they like, I would go and tell my friends about it and they'd be like, I would never want that. It would never turn me on. You know what I mean? Like it would actually yes. freak me out. Um, but it turns out cause I, I, I question people a lot that way now, right. Just to say, and most of the time it's like people like you, where they say like they would never have known it was something that they were turned on by, but yes. sure enough it happens. So you never, you don't really know, right? <laughs> I think that you don't know. And, uh, if it feels and sounds really risky, um, but when you are this comfortable communicating with somebody for this long, um, we're, we are not, we're just not going anywhere. We're life partners and uh, people will come and go, but we're going to, we started together and we're going to end together, I, I believe. Yeah. And see, that is the key. That's what I always say. I think the key is to sort of being able to do stuff like that. If you really know, right. I think what, cause I think also what the ultimate fear is and what, you know, all the jealousy and not letting people and sort of the possessiveness of, uh, you know, having someone only be with you sexually is because of the fear of like losing somebody right um if you have it in place where you know like that's it like you guys are dying together like you're with you're never going anywhere she's never going anywhere then if what 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 does it matter if you're with somebody else sexually right yeah exactly we we happen to be a couple of winners in life Mm -hmm. um we do a great job we both uh, do our own thing we're we're, we nothing was missing Mm -hmm. we just added a hobby this is not a lifestyle for us this is just a hobby Right. And it's just something to take your guy's sex life to the next level after all these years. Yes. And, and it's so freaky because our communication level has doubled 
since then, and I never would have guessed it. But if you can talk about these things and get into the weeds with wants and needs and desires and dislikes and distrusts, uh, then you can talk about anything. And it's really been surprising. Right. And wants and needs and desires that are outside of your guys' relationship even, right? It's not even about what you want and need and desire about each other, right? It's yeah, maybe yes. how you feel about watching your fucking other guy or how she feels about that guy's cock inside of her, right? I mean, like these are yes. things that most people would be, it would be so taboo to talk about. But if you really open that up, right, and you talk about that with, and there's no judgment and there's nothing attached to it, that must be really freeing, right? Yeah, it's amazing. Just amazing. Um, the, the level of honesty. And, you know, people tend to uh, put their toe in the water and over time they say something and then they like, not they, I, I can say something and then I can look her in the eye and I can think that hurt her or that was mm -hmm. painful or she enjoyed that or that surprises her. And then if that's okay, then you can go a level deeper and then I can go a level deeper. And then I'm like, wow, this is amazing. And, and there's nothing you can say if as long as it's true, there's nothing you can say that can be uh, hurtful. Right. But it's not like right off the bat, you could just go into it. You have to gauge the situation. Is that what you're saying? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And it's been really surprising. So. And that's the thing. I think I've mentioned it before on my show that I watched this movie about swingers many like th 30 years ago called The Lifestyle. And it, they they they've uh, they went they it was a documentary and they spoke to couples who were at different stages of their married life together. Right. Like and and they at the end of the thing, like the couples that were together for the shortest amount of time did not last that year of opening hmm. their relationship up and the couples that were with each other they said double digits right double digit years right. were the ones who were successful and it i would think that this is not something that you want to throw into the mix right when you first right. meet somebody because like you said you could look into her face and be talking to her and know if she's getting uncomfortable with you and like that comes with really knowing somebody and with a lot of intimacy with that person over many years right i mean i just don't think you could yeah. have that sort of intuition about somebody else unless you've been with them for some time yeah people who talk about doing this early i want to i wish them luck i i think you know i i wish them the best it may turn out fine but i think oh boy it's way early in the relationship and the things that you say it's like a golf shot when you say something early in the relationship uh, it's fine now 100 yards down it's this is going to be way off and it's not going to end well probably who knows Right. Yeah. You don't know. I've had some younger couples on who like were just right off the bat, like this is who I am and that's how they got together. And I think, listen, you're always going to have people who fall on the opposite ends of the spectrum, right? Like I would say most people, what you just said applies, right? You're going to have these people though, right? Like I had a young couple and I don't know if they're going to last forever, but they like met and they were freaky with each other. And I had him on and her on separately and they were like that right off the bat and it totally worked for them. But I think they're really lucky, you know, because they just found someone that matches up and was as honest and all that stuff right off. Like I said, I, will that go the distance? I don't know. But and I don't right. think that that's the norm. Right. I think in normal relationships, you know, heed the warning of what you just said. Right. Yeah. If you're, if you're using it to try to fix something or it, chances are it won't work. 
But I think if you're just adding something fun and interesting, then it has a higher likelihood of working. Right. And for the couples, because I've had people on here who are dying to have this kind of situation, right? I've had the guys call in, they're looking for that, but they just don't know that their girl would be open. I mean, you just threw it out there as far as like, let's go to the club, right? It wasn't like you said, I want to see you fuck someone else. You didn't even know that that would be what you were into, right? It was kind of like, that's how it sort of got the ball rolling. It was just going to the swingers club. Well, I made a mistake. That was a couple chapters down the road. Actually, earlier on, we were on vacation. Mm-hmm. And when you're on vacation in a resort area, people will do freaky things in public and just in a general way uh, in a hotel on the beach in the area around it. And I thought, well, that's a really cute couple. Um, it would be fun to watch them and to have them watch us. And she said yes. And so I got on one of the, um, I got on Craigslist and I just listed, said we want a, a single male of these statistics to come and watch us. It felt non-threatening. We were in control. We could set the situation. And these guys responded. And then over the a couple of weeks of vacation, we had three different guys come and watch. And surprisingly enough, um, she was open to playing with them softly with me. Um, and then next thing you know, we're on full on MFM and switching and then it progressed even though through those three dates and then she was open to it. And then when we got home, I said, next time we're out of town in the city, let's go to this club. And I looked it up thinking 50% she'd say no. And she said yes. And what I didn't know about her was I believe in imprinting that our first situations dictate our interests and our desires in the future. We're, we're just instantly wired to enjoy that thing. Mm-hmm. What I didn't know was some of her first experiences in sex in general were exhibitionist in nature. She had an older boyfriend and he was kind of into it. And so I didn't know she was a bit of a performer from the start. And so suddenly she was enjoying the exhibitionism. She said she had all along and she had dropped hints uh, and I didn't pick up on them. Um, and so and then we agreed to try this stage and then this stage and then this stage. And then we went to the club and I didn't know she would enjoy uh, an experience with, you know, a couple of dozen of couples watching. Uh, that just uh, blew my mind. And she had wanted it all along and I didn't know that I was interested in it. And it just feels like a great match. Yeah, but let's go back to that first time now that you corrected uh-huh. the story, right? Because that's uh-huh. even more yes. interesting than you just went to a club, right? So you guys yes. were on vacation yeah. and you said you were doing like soft stuff with each other right like you would be like those other couples on vacation like oh we're in some place we don't fucking know anybody let's go fuck by the palm tree and maybe someone sees us it's like naughty right like you said a lot of couples were doing that right so you were on the beach one day and you saw a couple sort of doing that is that what happened doing something we were in a a high-rise hotel on a beach and there were verandas and people next to us were wide open and uh, out in the space and i thought wow that looks like a lot of fun thinking she'd say oh yeah good for them or whatever um but it was was interesting. And then we had a guy come into the room with us and he had permission to do what he wanted. He could watch. He could ask permission to touch her, all these things. And um, and it moved a lot faster than I wanted. And I was a lot more comfortable and had a lot more fun with it than I than I um, thought. Next thing I know, I'm I'm setting up a date. My date is to watch my date is to watch them. And I was surprised that I would just sit back and watch and enjoy them doing their thing. And I was also surprised that she would enjoy it, too. But she, from time to time, she stopped and she looked me in the eye and make sure that I was still OK with it. Um, and it was uh, it blew my mind. And it seems to really excite her, too. But you said she just played with them kind of softly in the beginning or those three guys that I mean, you did three <laughs> different guys on your vacation. That's that one time, three yes. different sort of setups. 
Yes. And what were you looking for as far as guys were concerned? Like, what did your ad say? Do you remember? Um, ten, 10 years younger than us to 10 years older than us. Highway mm-hmm. proportionate. Mm-hmm. Um, and we didn't care about the relationship situation because they don't know ours and we don't know theirs. It yeah. doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. And now let me ask you this. Like you said, you guys are both winners, right? And so I'm assuming that means like you guys are the full package. Like, I mean, is your wife, she used to call her, she's the hot wife, right? So like, does that mean she's got to be hot in the situation? I mean, I know that that's the title of like what you're into, but I mean, is she like a fucking 10? Good news. Strictly Anonymous podcast is looking for people to call into the show. So if you lead an interesting, naughty secret life that you want to talk about, while remaining anonymous or not anonymous, if you're out and proud, that's cool too. Send me an email, strictly anonymous podcast at gmail.com. That's strictly anonymous podcast at gmail.com. Or go to my website, strictly anonymous podcast.com and click on be on the show. If you have a short confession that you want to get off your back, call my confessions hotline 347 420 3579. That's 347 420 3579. You could call that number 24-7. I change all the voices on the confessions too. So you remain anonymous. The number, the website, and the email address will all be in the description. Um, what is she on a scale of 1 to 10? She's a 9 because there are very few 10s. Yeah, nine is is really good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, she's okay. hot. She she. I like to follow her someplace in public because I enjoy the men and women that check her out. I right. enjoy seeing them, seeing her. Yeah. Okay, cool. And so, you, so you put an ad up when you put that ad up on Craigslist. Do you put a picture of her, or just like her body? No, no ad, no pictures. No pictures. So, and you're just like, we're a couple looking for a guy to come in and watch us have sex. Is that what it was? Ex- Yep, exactly. Okay, and you gave the stats, like you said, 10 years younger. How old are you guys or wh- when that started? 45. Okay, so you guys are like from 35 to 55, whatever you're looking, right? And uh, so yeah. and so you get a bunch of people, and do they send their pictures? Like, do you like, like or do they send just the pictures of their dick? Like, what do you get back from that ad? From that ad? Um, people say yes, situation, stats, whatever. They're really hesitant because they don't know what they're walking into. They don't know if what they're walking into is honesty, but yeah, um, totally. it is. Yeah, and so they're worried about they're going to end up in a room with a guy named Vince from Ohio that they don't yeah, know. Yeah, but what would they know, send so. back? Did you get pictures? You just got a, like, what did you get yeah. back? Yeah, I asked them. I said, so you're competing with other people. And I set all these things up. You're competing with other people. Share your situation. Have you done this before? If so, what happened? send a body pic but no dick pic because i don't need to see it because everybody's got one and they wouldn't be answering so you um, got pics do you got you got face pics i mean because like i'm wondering t- how you time. chose yes. yeah um uh, there are styles you get styles of answers people that are too blunt to the point that they want to dominate they want to take control they want to um, just watch. You can tell in somebody's email response, a couple of emails, if they have any confidence or not. And mm-hmm. she finds confidence really attractive. And so if they are open and honest and out and out there um, and assertive, but not aggressive, that's something that I, I, I find positive and she finds attractive. And so, and they're like more likely to actually show up. No, but what is, but in this, but I'm not talking in general, I'm talking very <laughs> specific, right? I'm talking about this first time, those three times, right? You uh-huh. said you yes. put out the ad, like what did, what were the three, like, why did you pick the three guys that you picked? Like, I just get, try to get into very specific of those first couple situations and then we'll talk more general. Sure. Um, 
Like, do you remember who the first guy was? Yeah. Was it because oh, yeah, he sent a hot picture? Was he good looking? Like, what was his deal that you chose him first? Uh, a lot of people will, will follow through. And so in a, in a, in a 48-hour period, uh, he'll communicate clearly. He will be honest. Um, he's not too assertive, but he's not too passive. I know, um, but let me just say that I want to just correct you again. Because the way you're talking, I have to say right mm -hmm. some people will be like is he full of shit because i keep asking you sort of specific questions about an actual time and you're talking mm -hmm. in a tense that doesn't make sense to what actually happened you're talking as if this situation and how somebody would respond as opposed to telling me exactly how somebody did respond do you know what i mean and i don't know if yeah, that's maybe been, the way you talk or like i don't you know it's like i, I don't know. it was it was it was almost a year ago, and if you asked me for specific, and I had that specific, that would be a lie because it was a year ago. I right. So you don't you remember. Yeah. So you don't remember why you picked the three guys, but you picked three guys. So let me ask you. Let me walk me through the first actual situation. Right. So you guys decide that you're gonna. I mean, do you have it down? Like you guys are gonna be having sex. He's gonna come to your. Like, where is he gonna watch you? Are you gonna do it outside someplace, or what, did he come to your hotel room? Came to our hotel room. Okay, and you guys knew, like, he, did you have it set up where where was he going to be? Was he going to be sitting there? Did you want him, like, spying on you? Like, did you have drinks with him first? Like, how? Like, just walk yeah. me through what happened that first time. Yeah, we, I met him at the uh, entryway of the condo because it's so damn confusing in a resort area. Mm -hmm. And just shook hands, and he looked me in the eye, and I looked him back in the eye. Everything was fine. Um, he brought, I asked him to bring a beer because she likes a specific type of beer, and he brought it, and we went back and found a visitor parking space. He came to the hotel room. Um, the bed was out, and then there were a couple of uh, easy chairs, and we just sat around and had drinks. And um, and we had a code that if she said something specific, that he was out, and if she said something specific, he was in, and then I could relax because, you know, I'm on watch. I'm worried about somebody whipping out a gun and murdering us both, and so um, <laughs> yeah. we needed to know. We needed to have a plan. Right. Uh, it was really mm -hmm. nice. He was really comfortable, really easygoing. He was nervous enough to be legit, but not so nervous that he wouldn't be able to enjoy himself. And it was just he was just a plain old fashioned nice guy. And so then after you're drinking and stuff, you go back to the room and then did you just guys like how long did the whole thing happen? And what did he see? You guys like fucked and he watched you and he was jerking off. Like what was the scenario? <laughs> Yes, that was it. And we actually, we met for drinks in the room. So he was in our room with us. So we knew cause we were only there for a week and then we moved for another weekend at another location. So we weren't worried about him, you know, stalking us or whatever. Right. Um, and we always say when we do this, when we meet somebody, oh, this is our last night in town because we don't want him to come back. No matter what it is, we don't want him to come back the next day. And we're still there hanging out and they're stalking us or spying on us. And so it's always, oh, this is our last night in town before we go. So we met actually in the room. We had a drink. We hung out. She was fine, and then I could kind of take a breath and relax. And then she just says it. She says, let's play. And we go to the room, and then he was in an easy chair. We were on the bed, hanging out, um, you know, some foreplay. And then we got into it, and then he was – he. He got naked, too, and he was stroking off. And then at some point, she just reached over and, and draw, brought him in. And then he was on the bed with us, and she was um, stroking him and blowing him. And then it was really fun and super stimulating, which I, you know, I didn't know. I thought, oh, shit, here we go to the next level. But for, to my surprise, it was next level good, not next level uh, fearful or bad. Right. But she didn't have sex with him. She just blew him. Was that as far as she went? Yes. Right. Okay. And then, you know, you said you wouldn't, you would do something like that on your last, that happened on your last day there. So where did the other two guys come into play? You said on this vacation, you had three guys. So did they, yes. did you move someplace else within that time period? 
Yes, but that's our story. Our yeah. story to tell these people we meet is always this is our last night in town. Oh, I hear um, you. <laughs> but yeah, it's not really, time, right. That's not really. We just don't want them to come back and try to find us if they yeah, really yeah, like yeah. it. That's or smart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, and then, strangely enough, we did that same thing with uh, the third guy and then uh, last night. And then two days later, we saw him at a bar. And um, <laughs> uh, I was like, wow, last night in town, huh? Oh, well, hey, we ended up staying longer or whatever. So Right. So you, I mean, so the second time and the third time, did she also <clears throat> blow those guys? Like, is that as far as it went? No, no, she ended up screwing them both. And I was really surprised and also um, totally um, loving it. And I was really okay, surprised. Let, okay, by it. listen, I have to say something because I'm like fucking Judge Judy, okay? And I have a very good memory. Like I ask all the questions I ask just come from my mind. I'm super curious about people. What I do remember is that you said when you did these three times, she didn't do anything major with these guys. She just kind of softly played with them. It wasn't, you know, that's what you said in the beginning. And now you're telling me that she fucked them and blew them. That was the intent. It was that people were going to watch. And then next thing I know, they're coming on the bed with us. And then she's stroking them. And then she blew them. And then by the end of, by the, end of the third guy, she was screwing them. And I was totally surprised. Okay, but you did tell me before, when you listen to this, you'll hear, and other people will hear, okay, I'm actually better than most people at, like, picking up things. My my mind is like a fucking computer chip. Something goes in, and then if something comes in later that doesn't match that, my mind picks it up, and there's, like, warning, someone's full of shit, okay? And that's fine. I find people full of shit calling into my show as fascinating as people telling the truth, because that's an interesting thing, too. But I have to call people out on it when I hear it, right? And so I... You will hear yourself say, and I think what you said was that, and maybe I'm totally wrong, that you, when you guys played with the first three times, when you changed up your story and said it didn't happen at the club the first time, it happened on the vacation. Vacation. Yeah, you said, but you know, that's not when it went hardcore. Like she just did, she played with them softly. Like she got them involved just very softly. But like I said, and then it's like softly is like, oh, you're, you know, she's fucking them. So, yeah, I, and so you're asking, I don't know. Um, I am a little nervous. I okay. Have to say. So maybe that's um, what it is. Yeah. 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 I mean, listen, if like, if someone's law, li- it's hard to lie to me if I'm good, cause I'm going to be asking you so many freaking questions. So as long as you're telling the truth, it's very easy, right? Because how hard is telling the truth? It's harder yes. to not. I had a guy on a long time ago named John who after a while I figured out he was full of shit but he was so entertaining and people loved his show and it was so fascinating to me that he was lying and he would make up these his stories got crazier and crazier that they seen it was so obvious he was but I allowed him to come on a million times and people still write into me today because his episodes people still find and they're like he's full of shit I'm like yeah I know it but anyway I don't believe that you're full of shit but we have to I have to ask you more questions to figure that out (laughs) but wait so so you have those three times and each time it's good, like it's totally cool. Each guy, like does she use protection with the guys? Is like, what's oh, your guys? Right. hundred percent. One hundred percent. Now, do you play with the guys at all? Or are you totally hetero? Like, what do you do? I'm hetero, totally hetero. Okay. So there's not nothing of you getting involved, but you like to see her with somebody else. Yes. Okay. So then when you come home. And that, and you guys, I'm assuming because you have such good communication, you've been with each other for so long that you guys start talking about this and you you realize, like, you tell her how much it turned you on and she was uh, into it. Because, I mean, this is like a new thing, right? So how is that conversation yes. after the first time? Like, holy shit. 
yes, it was a holy shit. And he left and I looked at her and I said, that was amazing. And she said, that was amazing. But she was still hesitant because she was worried about hurting me. And so, right. um, but when she, when she got into it, she was into it. And uh, at the time, but after the fact, you know, sometimes people lose control. And after the fact, they say, wow, did I go too far to their partners? And I think maybe sometimes their partners say, yeah, that went too far. I was uncomfortable. I didn't like it. I didn't like him. I didn't like her, whatever. Um, but but um, it was amazing. We both had a really good time and enjoyed ourselves. And um, yeah, it's awesome. Okay. So then how long? So that's that vacation, right? And then you come home and then a couple, a little while after that, you say, let's go to this club. And I mean, I'm assuming, I'm wondering why you wouldn't think that she'd be into it because I mean, she, you, you guys already really, I mean, I don't think you're dipping your toe into things when, if you're on vacation, fucking other guys and you know, so like, I mean, to me, you're in it, right? So now the, yes. the natural progression would be, let's go do this where we live and maybe uh, explore a little bit more. Um, so we don't do it where we live, but we, we oh, travel okay. a lot on purpose. Yeah, right. we travel okay. on purpose. Uh, we already had that other trip set up, and I said, "Well, we're there. Let's go to this thing." And I sent her the website, and she checked it out. And to my surprise, she said yes because you know it's it's different than sex in your hotel room. I don't care, um, you know what what your hotel room is. It's different in public uh, with a hundred people in the club. Okay, so you're someplace else, right? You're on another. You're traveling again, and you go, and then and. Um, what kind? It was a swingers club, right? Yes. And where did you find it? I always like to ask those questions because it helps other people. I searched swingers club or sex club in the particular city we were going to. Right. Okay. And so you just, it wasn't like FetLife or you weren't in a community. It was just like you Googled that and you found this one place. Yes. How much did it cost to get in? I'm always curious about those questions. To join there's like a 20 dollar joining fee and then maybe a hundred dollars depending on the night or the theme and there were three clubs in that city uh it was in portland oregon there mm-hmm. was a regular club uh an s&m club and then a club that tends to be more towards bisexual or gay and so we went to the straight club <laughs> so you found these three clubs and so you go to the one club and that's when you realize oh like you you have all these couples watching you and stuff like what went down that first exp- for your on your first experience um so i I thought, well, I, so I have something of um, performance anxiety, which surprised me. Uh-huh. And so um, we started to play uh, with the cool thing about this club is everything's a play area uh, at the bar, on the dance floor, in the eating area. I mean, anywhere you want to get freaky, you can get freaky. Uh-huh. And but I was um, it was hard for me to um, en- relax and enjoy myself in protective mode or being watched mode. And so after a bit, because we had enjoyed being with another person, then I said, well, what about that guy? Do you find that guy interesting or whatever? And this particular club allows a lot of single men. Mm-hmm. And so there were oh, a lot really? of Oh, really? You're allowed around. to go in yeah. without a, a woman? Because normally that's yeah, not the uh, case. Yeah, that's we really like it. We got used to it because because, <laughs> because, because we go for single men. Um, it's a, the perfect place for us. So when we travel and go other places and they just they uh, limit the number of people or they um, – uh, discourage it or they charge them a bunch of money extra, it creates a lot of resentments in the community, then it's hard for us to find somebody to hang out with. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this particular club lets a lot of guys in anyway. So I said, what about that guy? What about that guy? And she said, well, they're okay. They're, they seem fine and nice, but nobody would approach us. And uh, we don't we do not do a lot of the approaches. So I just went on a walk. And every time I walk away, within about 60 seconds, somebody is talking to her. You know, mm-hmm. guys wait to make their approach until they're gone, as if I don't know she's there. Yeah. Um, but anyway, and so then she'll find somebody nice that's pleasant. And once she starts to get horny, it's a slippery slope. And so the first or second approach will typically work. And she'll, then she'll come and find me and say, I found a guy to play with. Let's do that. And then we went to a closed room. 
uh, and then next thing you know, you could open up the curtains and then open up the window. And if she looked in, um, you know, people can look right in on us. And there, you know, there'll be couples standing in the window watching us two feet away uh, with a third guy. And uh, they'll be commenting or, or touching or, um, it, you know, it moves pretty fast when you're in the room with uh, everything wide open. Right. So the first time what you did was you went into that room and let other people watch you or she was with another guy. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Took a guy in there. And then uh, she's uh, she's surprisingly insatiable when she gets going. Mm-hmm. She's all t- always multi orgasmic. She comes on fingers really quickly. And so uh, we'll go to a club in that case. She probably came six or eight times um, because it just happens. I mean, once she gets turned on, it's fun and interesting to watch. Right. Lucky her. Yeah, lucky me. (laughs) Right, exactly. And lucky other guys, right? So at that time, like, so when you go, so you do this now often in the past year, like? Yeah, every couple, three weeks, we'll travel somewhere. Mm -hmm. And then, and you always find a club or do you, because there's no Craigslist now, right? So where do you put ads? Yeah, now we are, we don't need to do ads. We just find the clubs now because we're most comfortable in the club scene and it's so comfortable and they're typically our rules. And as long as people follow them, then we don't have to, I don't have to be on guard all the time because there are people to make sure that the rules are followed. Right, right. And so when you guys go there, now let me ask you this because we were talking about like her being with other people and that's the turn on and that's the situation you guys have set up. Have you, are you with other women? Is that not something on the table? Like what's the deal with that? No. No, um, I thought that that would be the case. And now I have, I'm wide open to do whatever I want to do, but I don't want to miss anything. I don't want to get separated. Um, uh, I get to watch her and I get to participate as much as I want. And then at the end, I get to jump in and do my thing. Or sometimes I'll just watch all night. But when we go back to the hotel and I wake up the next morning, I'm thinking about what happened and we, we knock it out of the park. It's um, right. It it's always, everyone always says it adds to Ooh. their sex life afterwards. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. It's like you yeah. guys have the yeah. best sex, but no, I mean, has Ooh. she, is she open to being with women at all or no? No. Uh, and she's not against it, but she doesn't, she isn't interested in reciprocating and she's a really clear communicator. Now she'll look at a girl and a girl will come up to us sometimes and talk to us and she'll say, I'm interested, you know, we can touch and all that, but I'm not really into girls. And so if you just want to play with me, that's okay. But I want to be upfront. I, you know, I don't, I don't go down on girls. I don't really enjoy that, but I love girl parts and I love girls. And so, you know, let's, um, you're welcome to come with us. And we have a couple of times, um, but you don't go farther I, with those women like the, she hasn't figured out that maybe she would be attracted to you being with other women or is that something that like have you guys discussed that at all? We have and I'm just not interested in it. And so I think it helps her level of safety because I'm not all I think my impression is a lot of guys they go this route to try to get something on the back end that if mm-hmm. I open it up for her, then over time I'll get what I want. I'm already getting what I want. It's perfect. No, but um, I'm just saying that for a long I, time. But like you, right? Like you were the type of person who somehow realized you were turned on by seeing her with someone else. Has she ever thought to herself whether she might be interested in watching you with somebody else as well? Like not. Yes. I mean, I was like that. She might like that, too. Yeah, we talk about it. Uh, I'm she, but it's not uh, compelling for her and it's not compelling for me. So it's working. We don't want to break anything. Right. So you're, you guys haven't gone there. And so she doesn't think me, I mean, so at this point, she's not thinking that that's something that would turn her on. That's not something that she wants you to do at all. And you're Correct. cool with that because you're totally now in your relationship before all this, like you were always, I'm assuming totally faithful. Yes. Yeah. We got along. Right. 
Right. You're monogamous by nature then. I mean, like to be with someone for that long and not need variety and to stay like you're that I like that's a monogamous by nature person. Well, yeah, except this is really natural and really easy and it, it's evolving, you know, the more things that we do. And so, you know, I'm not sure. Um, no, I mean, if, to stay like that, not- that to stay that to stay. Like you didn't need variety like a lot of guys will claim and I think not every guy is this way and that's why I like to have so many people different people on my show to show people how there's all different guys that exist and there are guys who are completely monogamous and can be completely monogamous and there's a lot of guys that can't right you're somebody that could you were with the same person you said for 30 years and never uh-huh. needed variety. Whereas a lot of guys would say that they do. Right. So it, it, to me, that's interesting. Right. Because it's just like, I know that that exists because I have a lot of guy friends. It's not like every guy cheats. Right. It's like some right. people think sure. that. And, you know, um, so to me, it's interesting that you never had that desire. And even now that you guys are really freaky, that you even don't have that, like that you're just totally cool with your wife being with your wife all this time and has you don't you're not looking for that. Right. My needs are met. This is just mm-hmm. a hobby. So it's it's really interesting because I thought it would be a slippery slope and it just hasn't been. So Right. You still don't. I mean, mm-hmm. well, because listen, you just you added so much to your you had good sex before. Right. You said that that never yes. sort of went out the window. You guys right. were still horny for each other. So, uh-huh. you know, and now you just added the fact that you could watch or fuck other guys and you're totally into it. Right. And you have yep. that exhibitionist yep. thing going on where you're you must like being watched too right on some level Uh, on some level but if i think about it too much i can't keep it up because um i got to be totally in the zone you know like totally turned on right Um, otherwise yeah i just can't do it so you like though to watch and then to tell the guy and to talk about like what you want them to do and sort of orchestrate the scene no 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 i said it no i set it up and she's plenty confident taking control and so once i set it up once the hotel room door opens or we go into the club, what happens, happens. It's a surprise to me as much as it is to anybody. Right. Oh, okay. Because yeah. I thought you said like the hot wave situation is and the stag is that you like to direct what goes down. Um, I like to have limits and boundaries, and but I don't ever get shamed and nobody's putting me down. Um, right. Most people that are participating in this thing, I don't know if that's not unusual or people get what we're doing, but um, I don't. we don't struggle or have any problems with that. Yeah, no, no, no. I think when when I asked you what it meant, like you said, like, I like to tell them what to do. And I thought there was some aspect to you sort of oh. controlling the situation and that you would be so, there like, do this to her, do that to her. No, you know what I mean? No, no. In the setup, we talk about the boundaries and what she'll do, what she won't do, what, what's on limits and what's right. So you're in control so, of like the situation with her. You're not it's not like you like to sort of get involved in what she's doing with the guy and tell them what to do. Right. Okay. I would think I was confused. I think what you thought, what you said was that that's what it was. Like, cause like, what is a stag? A stag is a guy that's the hot wife partner that is not being humiliated. He's uh, in control or setting it up. And that's what I do. Right, right, right. So it is, like I said, cause I think that not all people that call them that say that they cuckle, they don't, sometimes that aspect of the humiliation isn't involved. So maybe they would be like the stag guy too, right? Yes. And now, so you've been doing this for about a year, right? Like, do you have any idea, like, if there is there anything coming on the horizon that you guys like? Has your has your girl been with like multiple guys oh, at yeah. the same time? Yeah, it's, 
this is it's been a wonderful progression. Right. So yes, like how yes. has it progressed? Um multiple club experiences um she'll surprisingly uh, meet two guys and bring them back and come and ask and these guys are watching me carefully she'll she apparently tells them what she wants that i get to watch and participate when i want if they're okay with that some guys will say no i don't want a husband watching some guys will say i'm fine with it she comes and finds me and looks me in the eye and says i'd like to go play it's just that simple and i'm like okay let's do it and then she brings me to meet the guys and they're watching me carefully for my reaction as am i going to try to control it am i going to be am i into them because some guys say yeah i'll do it but he doesn't get to touch me which is perfect right mm -hmm. um and so um and then surprisingly they're easy going i need to go and we go back through my watch for a while and sometimes join and sometimes just enjoy a beautiful artwork Right. Now, you, you've never fooled around with a the guy. They've never tried to touch you. Do you get involved while oh, they're yeah. involved? Or do you? Oh, yeah. oh, that has happened? Yeah. I've been on the bed and I've had a guy reach over and grab a hold of me and I'm just I just move right through it. I mean, I don't um, recoil, mm -hmm. but I don't enjoy it. It's just not interesting to me. You know, you can think about things or uh, whatever, but it's just not interesting and it just doesn't do anything for me. So you do, besides watching, right, and liking that, you do get involved in play, like where she's like blowing you and some other guy's fucking her. Like, I mean, is that kind of stuff going yes. down? So it's not like yeah, you're super, not involved. Super correct. And I'm right there in the room. So I'm enjoying the show. And sometimes I participate. Sometimes she'll beckon me in. She doesn't want me to just watch. And um, sometimes I just want to watch. Sometimes I'll decline, you know, for a while. Mm -hmm. And there's never yep. been any kind of jealousy with you or like. No, it's freaky. <laughs> freaky, but no. Well, I guess it's because, like you said, you guys have been with each other for so long. You have such good communication with each other, right? Um, yep. You know that she's not going anyway. She's she's your girl. Now, is there anything that she, like, because you say you go home and you talk about it and you have, like, the best sex ever, and I'm assuming you guys have conversations about it, right? That open communication yes. is what's killer. Like, is there uh -huh. stuff, is there more stuff that she has talked about that she wants it? Like, has she ever done double penetration? Like, is there, no. so is she, no. like, looking to do that kind of stuff? Is there anything that's, like, on the coming up that it's like you know because a lot of times you know you do these things and you do it over and over and then it's like okay now like how do we up the ante right and there's other sure. stuff coming down the line sure um so she doesn't um she tends to do what she wants to do and she doesn't have a bunch of fantasies in her brain i'm yeah. the one that's dragged this along i've made each of these suggestions and she's come along with it mm -hmm. and some of it she's been just okay with or some of it she's gone nuts on like she loves being watched right because of that first experience and so um yeah um, but so, she doesn't come up with and say, let's do this next or whatever. Right. So what was there? So you believe, like you said, that whatever somebody sort of imprints in them in their first sexual experience is what sort of is get, they get wired at, right? Like they become wired yes. to like that. Yeah. What was yes. the situation that happened to her with her guy, her boyfriend mm -hmm. when they were younger? Yeah, she was in high school and he was in college and he rented a house that had a pool and she apparently... Uh, went to meet him for a date or maybe he picked her up and brought her back there. When they got there, mm -hmm. there were other guys there and there was like, I don't know, three or four or five guys and they did it. They did it by the pool with the other guys watching. Uh, and she thought she didn't like it at the time, but now, you know, it's really deep and it bubbles up and she likes being watched. And that's what we attribute it to. Oh, because of that first experience. And at the time she didn't enjoy it, but you think like you're thinking or whatever you believe in, right? Is that because that happened to her, there was a connection made? Yes. Now, do you think, let me ask you this, this is like more psychological, but I like this stuff too. Do you think, because this is what you believe and you might must know about it. Do you think that she had to orgasm 
during that kind of situation to make that connection or does she just have to be slightly stimulated or does it just get it sort of the connections made just from being in the situation uh, then or now no i'm saying like in general you said that you believe that like these kind of connections can be made by having these situations happen you know when you're first yes. sort of having you know experimenting uh -huh. so for her to be imprinted right and get horny for being watched does she have to be horny during that time that that imprint is being made is what i'm saying like because you said I, she I, didn't I, really know that she enjoyed it right so was that still sort of wiring her for future pleasure for that i don't know i don't know right. how it works um endorphins are strange mm -hmm. and i think they create strong imprints um you know people have traumatic experiences of all types and then it, it alters their um synapses for the future and this if this happens to be about a sexual experience but it could have been about anything and uh, i relate that because my first experience i have the same type of imprinting and I, no matter what i do i can't fight it and so i think if there are two of us and we have two of these strange imprints that it must be a thing what is your what is your imprint and what was, how, uh, how did it get imprinted I had a, an experience with a woman that was four years older than me when I was too young to be sexual, mm -hmm. and I and I'm still super attracted to older women. Mm -hmm. And how old were you? And who was she? Like your babysitter or some shit like that, or like some like something yes. worse? How old yes, were you? Do you remember? Um, oh, my therapist would say I was 13 or 14. By however those people make those determinations. Right, but it's but you yeah. remember sort of it happening, but you don't remember exactly uh -huh. like how old you were. I get that. And what did she do? And was it repeated? Yeah, it was repeated over time, yeah. And she was your babysitter? Yes. Can you fucking believe? What did she do to you, though? Like, how far did it go? Did she, like, um, me? Because I've heard other stories that I'm like, oh, you got to be kidding me. Like, this woman was totally kind of, like, quote, unquote, molesting you. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I was straight on molestation. And, I mean, it started low. It went higher. It was systematic. I knew it when it was going to come because it's when we are uh, in that situation and it was systematic and then over time it just stopped because she stopped coming to work or it stopped I don't know what happened but, um, but and now was it something you always remember did it come out in therapy I know you said you're a sober it, guy it right so yeah, it came out in therapy yeah it came out in therapy over a really long time right so it was something that it. you didn't remember at first uh, yeah it was it was totally repressed yeah, they say that like repressed stuff, like most of the time, if it's repressed, it happened more than what, like a lot of times if it's something that happened just one time, you'll have a memory of it. But if something happens so repeatedly, like that's the kind of stuff you repress, right? Because it's... Um, no, I think anything's going to be repressed um, that your body and brain aren't, don't know how to reconcile. Right, right. Even if it's you know, just one time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there are people that have I a think plane though there was. Don't I don't know. I've wreck. read up on it, and I think that there was some sort of study that said, like, the more repeated it was, like, the more likely to get repressed. But, sure. it, like, I don't know. Someone could Google that and find out who's right or wrong. And I'm sure there's studies to say both, right? I probably exactly. Yeah, exactly. That. But, yep. that, but so, and so you, and because I know that you said you were sober, right? Like, you obviously started to act out right mm -hmm. you started to drink do your thing right and so uh -huh. when yes. did did this stuff come out when you got clean yeah long after actually mm -hmm. how yeah and it, listen it's as a server person it doesn't i tell people this all the time like it you get better and better over time like you know in two, two years after you quit drinking you think wow like you can't believe how far you've come and how much you changed oh, but yeah. then 10 years later you're like wow i can't believe i thought i was grown and changed two years out you know what i mean because it just yeah. keeps happening right yeah there's a phrase that's more will be revealed over time and that's good bad and a different more will be revealed you'll know more over time 
Yeah, and it happens and it just gets better and better, right? You know more and it takes a long time, I think, to sort of catch up to yourself, uh, you know, after being sort of checked out for so long, right? But over time, you came up to understand that this is what happened. And I did hear on this really good podcast recently, I forget who was talking about it, but she was talking about how, and she was a therapist, talking about how like, you know, uh, and I think it came up because they were talking about strippers and they were saying like, you know, what about like strippers or they're like, you know, so many of them are like sort of, um, oh yeah, it was Dak Shepard. He has a really good uh, uh, podcast. He was talking to somebody and they were talking about how a lot of people think that strippers are marginalized and whatever. And most of them are doing it and acting out because of stuff that happened to them. And she said like, you know, and he was saying like, is that like necessarily a bad thing? And then if you're looking at, and she was talking about how, you know, if somebody takes something that happened to them, right, and they can control, like she gave an example of one of her patients who was physically abused a lot when she was younger and sort of got into S&M when she was older and made that connection because of that kind of a thing. But she said that if that person is sort of acting that out and realize that it's something that they enjoy because they were just wired that way through this sort of dysfunctional thing that happened to them, right? But they're now in control of it and they're doing it in a way that is okay. You know, that could be very empowering, right? right? Like, what do you, you do with that? You just sort of take it and run with it. And if it's in a safe kind of way and it's something that you're okay with and you know that that's why you're doing it. I think that's what the point that she made, that if you know that that's why and you can make that connection, that that's why you like that because of these things that happened to you, but you could recreate those situations and be in control of them, then then that's okay. Sure. Right. It's not something that you don't have to sort of look away upon. You could go into it. Right. So like you had this older woman thing, like you could go into that sort of and be okay with it as long as it's safe. And you know that that's the reason. Right. But you sure. have the sure. older. You didn't do that, though. You didn't really sort of act out on that. Right. Because your girl yeah. is you're around your age. Right. Yes. Yeah. That's the trip that I, that I'm uh, compelled towards older women, but my wife is the same age as me. And so that's that, and that causes concern for her. She wants to know that I'm, that I'm uh, being honest about what my desires are. Cause she says, well, you don't ever want to pursue older women. And I'm thinking just because I find them attractive um, and uh, find them sexually charged doesn't mean that I want to pursue them. I mean, um, you know, lots of people look and don't touch and I'm just, I'm not compelled to do so. It's not as interesting as it used to be. Right, right, right. That's cool. And like when you say older, right? Like, so you're, if you're 45, right? Like what's an older woman to you now? I mean, that's a different answer when you're 25, right? But when you're 45, is it like, does it have to be someone like 60? Because I had a guy on here, doctor guy, who was a guy that I dated and he's a really good friend of mine. And I've called him out on this on the podcast many times. So I'm not talking behind his back. (laughs) But I was always like, I know your secret thing is you like really fucking old ladies. Like, I just can't explain it why I know it. Like, I just think that that's his sort of freak flag that he does not fly. He doesn't talk about. Um, And for many reasons, I think that, you know, so I and, you know, he was in his 50s, you know, late 40s. So I believe that his attraction was for women in their 60s, you know, just somebody way older than him. Like that was like Uh the thing. Right. So I'm just wondering if you have that. Is it that for you? No, it was five-ish, five-ish years. It's really interesting. Right. It just makes me take a second look. Right. So someone just like a, a little bit older than you. So maybe it's because like yeah. your your sort of uh, babysitter maybe was five years older than you. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, yeah, How long have sure. you been sober for? Uh, 13 years. 
Yeah, isn't it hard to count after? Because I'm like at like sometimes I'm like yes. am I 15 or 16? I don't even fucking know. Yep. I just remember I'm like 34 and that you know. And what was your bottom? And what got you to to quit? I mean, you were obviously with your wife at the time, right? Because you've uh-huh. always been together for so long. And yes. uh-huh. what what made you? What was your bottom? Um, ah, good question. Do you remember? Um, good uh, I do, but um, it's pretty um, specific. And oh, I kind of hate want... to talk about it. Yeah, it, it's 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 raising hell at work. It's uh, trying to. Um, I was a periodic, so it's like a double life where yeah, yeah, when yeah. I drink, I'll do violence and I'll steal things and I'll act crazy. But when I am uh, sober, I say I'm ethical and I'm moral and I do all these things. And I yeah. just could no longer keep the balls in the air. It was just a crazy thing. And I recognized. I thought I'm total Jekyll and Hyde. I mean. Uh, yeah, and I think it's, and I just go nuts. Yeah, and I think it's bullshit when I hear people say because a lot of like regular people will say, "Oh, it's like a truth serum. Like who you are when you drink is who you really are." And I don't think that that's true. When, what the problem I had with alcohol was, it would make me do things, and especially towards the end, and say things that what wasn't me. You know what I mean? I didn't want that. wasn't who I wanted to be. For some reason, I was like putting myself out there in a much more disingenuous way. I'm able to be really who I am, much more so with that alcohol. It wasn't like it brought out me to me it brought out a part of me that wasn't right you know what I mean and wasn't true and I think that so I think it's uh people need to know that you know um maybe it's truth serum for the regular person that has two drinks and now they're like admitting shit you know what I mean but like Uh, like the fact that you were stealing and doing all these things I like is probably not who it's not who you were it was like alcohol made you do that you don't could never do that without alcohol well, I don't know. It's a chemical and everybody has different biology. And so I wouldn't expect it to have all the same result with all the same people. And so it's just a, it's doing something, doing things I didn't want to do uh, against to my core values. And I just thought after a while, it just all came crashing down. This is crazy. Yeah, but my point is that you would never do that kind of stuff without alcohol. It's not Correct. anything like what you would ever even think of, like you said, right? Yep. I mean, if they yes. use a stealing... Right. You never. Right. Mm-hmm. And now. And so you've been sober for 13 around 13 years. And now was your wife uh, a drinker, too, or it always was. And she can still have one or two and leave it on the counter. And that flabbergasts me. Right. I mean, I get it. Like, I mean, so I always look at it like, listen, and some people are just everyone's dealt different cards. Like, I just can't drink, but other people can. And that's fine with me. Yeah, I like same here. Yeah, I can have people drink in front of me. It doesn't matter. And I and it's like great that they can like, like I said, you know, but they have other things that they can't do that I could do, you know, and it's just like, that's yep. the way you got to look at it. Like it's it all yeah. evens out some way. But if you yeah. can't drink, you just have to know that. But also know that other people don't. It's not like everybody has that problem. Other people it's not a, a alcohol is not the problem. It's the addiction to it. Right. It's so. Yeah. So it's just like it's it's OK. But that's cool that you're at that place and that your wife could still drink and that you're I'm I'm sure you're she was happy. I'm sure that you quit. Right. It must have helped yes. your relationship. Yes. Right. Yeah. So that I really it's not that I can't. It's that I don't want to anymore. I don't want to and I don't have to anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, I thought there. I thought all my happiness was tied to it, and right. all it did was create problems. But it takes a long time to see that um, for me to reconcile that. Mm-hmm. To reconcile what that it created all the problems that it did, and that was the cause exactly. of it, and that you shouldn't yes. drink, and you just have it. Yep. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and how consuming it is to try to live a double life, how consuming it is to try to remember the stories and all that. Man, you I let know. that stuff go. It's, I, it's amazing how freeing. I sleep like a baby now, and it's amazing. I know. I used to have this job in entertainment at a very big company. I worked for a boss who represented, like, really famous people. And, like, I, I, like, I have to tell you. And, like, and then I would go out after work and wear a shirt that was like I love my pussy and be fucking blackout drunk and all that and it was like Mm -hmm. a total but and I never missed work and I always showed up and I like but like I remember being so nervous when I would go to work functions because I really respected my boss and really liked him and I never wanted to sort of tarnish his name because I knew what I was capable of you know Uh so it was like that's the only time I would really when I had work functions really try really as hard as I could to stay away from alcohol because I knew what I was capable of and what I did when I wasn't around work but when the two got involved it was a scary slippery slope because you know I never wanted a sort of that life to collide with my other life you know yeah, one of the big lessons for me is to determine that um, if I have to plan around it so much that it's part of the problem. And I never got that. I thought, well, it's a black and white question. If I'm not drinking, I should be perfectly happy. And if I am drinking, I was happy. But it's much more than that. It's, it's um, you know, at one point I didn't drink on a dare for a certain number of days. Mm-hmm. And the fact that I counted the days, the fact that I counted down and that I had to race hell when that day came. That's um, I'm planning around it. And that's what makes it part of the problem. Yeah, totally. Uh, I didn't get that at the time. In retrospect, I'm like, how could I have not seen that? Yeah, I remember a specific place exactly where I was when it exactly happened. And the fact that I remember what my friend said to me at the time means that it really imprinted in me. Right. But at the time, I didn't know it. It was many years that I quit later. But he said to me, like, isn't it? I was telling him another crazy fucking thing that happened to me. And he was like, isn't it really interesting, Kathy, that all this drama and all these problems that you have always happen when you're drinking? And like I said, at the time that he said that and I, I didn't think it didn't. I didn't even hear it. You know what I mean? But yet it's something that I really remember. Like I said, I, I know what was on the TV in the steakhouse. Like we were in a steakhouse, but we we're in the bar area. Like I know I see the whole thing, you know, and it's because wow. that some part of me, that part of me, I think that helped me get out of being a drink. You know, it, it really resonated as a truth. And I knew that. Right. Um, that, I, person, that person really took a risk to try to offer you an opportunity. Oh, yeah. Well, he's really he's one of my smartest fucking friends and he's my friend to this day. And uh, he just threw that out there and he was right on the money and it was totally true. And um, and, you know, so it's just like I know that and that's like something that I remember. So it's just like, yeah, there's a lot of drama. And if it's like creating all these problems in your life and it's like, you know, that sort of sentence, if someone said it to you, if that rings true too, even the slightest, it's like there's probably like some sort of issue there. But anyway, that's a whole other podcast. I have calls with people. People all the time that quit drinking it's like one of my favorite topics because I'm a sober person and I've been uh-huh. for so long so it's always great to talk to someone a little bit I didn't want to get that too into it because we talked about all your other stories do you know what I mean I know right. you said like uh-huh. your wife couldn't come on she would have said hello I personally like to talk to somebody by themselves I have had I have had couples on before but I just think it's hard to get a lot of interesting stuff out of those calls because one person cuts the other person off and then I'm cutting people off because I do that too and then it's just like I feel I get more information talking to somebody alone right so talking to you I feel like I got more about what you and your wife are doing and you know and whatever than if I would have just spoke with you guys together and since you're doing this only for about a year I feel like who knows 
where mm-hmm. you guys will be at and what you'll be doing a year from now. So keep me posted yeah. <clears throat> on any new things. If you ever start hooking up with girls, if that becomes something that it happens down the line, you never know, sure. right? Yeah, I, I wouldn't say never, but I sure doubt it. I mean, my needs are being met and um, I keep coming back and I'm really happy with it. And so it's like, why would I mess with the formula? Well, only because, and I keep saying this, but this is my point about that. It's not about you. It's what about if that's her need? I don't think it would come because you're going to say that's what I want. And I think sometimes I've had a lot of like monogamous guys on my show like you who are involved and like they let their wife be with other guys because that's what they're into and they're not with other girls because that. But if they're I'm saying if it became your wife's need, like if she said, hey, honey, I really want to watch you fuck someone else. Like I feel like that might get me horny at this point. You know, you know, you never know if that might happen. That's all I'm saying. It's not about. I don't saying that you're going to come out and say, oh, I want to be with other women, but she might decide that she wants to have that same experience like you're having. Yes. Yeah. Wow. I'm selfish and self-centered. You asked the question. I made it all about me, didn't I? Yeah, you did. Yeah. (laughs) I I tend to do that. (laughs) Yeah. And that's, but that's not what I mean. And every time I've talked about that aspect is I'm really thinking that like, maybe it's something that she would be into and she might eventually want to explore that because look, it's something that you were and you didn't know. And I've had women on This is not a, just a guy thing that they like to see their girl. I mean, I think that I've had just as many women on that have gotten into that as well. So you don't know that that's something that she would like, just like you didn't know. So I'm just saying that, you know, because you guys are doing this and because you're open to it and you're going to be sort of like in that world, you just don't know if a year or two years from now, like she might not be like, hey, I want to see you with somebody. Yes, I don't know that. Right. So that so, you know, keep me posted. And if you ever want to come back on and tell us more stories, you know, because you guys will be traveling around. <laughs> feel yes. free. But thanks so much for calling in. You bet. Thanks for having me. I've enjoyed it. Awesome. Thanks, Steve. Bye. Bye. Do you have a story, lifestyle, or situation you can't talk about to anyone, to anyone? Or do you just want to let your freak flag fly and be on the show? Well, Strictly Anonymous wants to hear from you. Send us an email, strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com with your story and your anonymous name. And remember, everything is Strictly Anonymous. Strictly Anonymous.